I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour of Clay and Buck starts right now, everybody. Appreciate you being here with us. 800-282-2882 on the phone lines. to take more calls in the back of this hour and there's an update uh from the uh daniel penny case uh, you all recall daniel penny is facing manslaughter charges for uh the choking death of jordan neely and uh, this was something that for a lot of new yorkers uh and people who have been new yorkers and spent a ton of time in the new york subway like me there are very strong feelings about this. Penny's a, a uh, Marine, and he gave, the for the first time, he came forward and released a video. I think he realizes that the politics of this are going to affect, and the perception of it's very much going to affect uh, the outcome. Um, so he's put a video out where he describes what it was like that day uh, when Neely came on the subway. I would just note for all of you before... Uh, before we hear from Penny from this video, um, he says that, uh, or, or it should be pointed out, that the media has been trying to convince everybody, uh, the CNN and, and others, that Jordan Neely was a, a beloved Michael Jackson impersonator. That was the story they were going with. What they left out is that uh, Jordan Neely had recently punched an elderly woman in the face, shattering her nose and her eye socket. Uh, that Jordan Neely had been arrested many, many times over the years and was known to menace people on the subway system. And that's that's in a subway system where I would note, in case anyone uh, ha- hasn't seen this, just over the weekend, uh, this story broke, where a 29-year-old woman on Friday... 9 p.m., so after this show finished airing, 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday, the Chambers Street subway station, the subway station I've spent a ton of time in, a woman had to fight off a stranger who exposed himself to her in a subway car, punched her, 
pinned her to the ground and tried to rape her. The man escaped. She she was able to uh, to fight him off, but he, the uh, obviously she had she had injuries. He punched her in the face. He escaped. Um, he is described as a man with a dark complexion between the ages of 30 and 40, five foot six inches tall, wearing a uh, sweatshirt and pants. That's the full description they gave of him. But this is what it's like to be on the subway, Clay, for people these days. 29-year-old woman, some crazy guy, pulls his pants down, punches her in the face, and tries to rape her right there on a... That, that's a Chamber Street subway. That's a very crowded, very, you know, 9 o'clock on a Friday night. All right? So that's the reality of New York these days, for everybody. That just happened. Daniel Penny saw a lunatic threatening people, and so he decided to step in and do something, and he's put out a video where he's telling you this is what it was like on that subway. Play it. You can see in the video there's a clear rise and fall of his chest, indicating that he's breathing. I'm trying to restrain him from him being able to carry out the threats. And then some people say that this is about race, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see a black man threatening passengers. I saw a man threatening passengers, a lot of whom were people of color. The man who helped restrain Mr. Neely was was a person of color. And then a few days after the incident, I, I read in the papers that uh, a woman of color came out and called me a hero. What, I don't believe that I'm, I'm a hero, but uh, she was one of those people that I was trying to protect. I think, I, I think that Daniel Penny is, is a heroic guy. Um, he wasn't trying to kill Jordan Neely. He made that clear. He says he was just applying the force necessary to get him to stop being a threat. And Clay, this guy was running around the subway, according to other eyewitnesses, threatening to kill people and saying he would go to jail. And he is a violent criminal with a long criminal history. And what is So the New York DA wants you to wait and see if you get stabbed in the face before you can do anything. That's the rule now in New York. Look, the reason he got charged because he's white. I mean, th- this is the reality. And this, to me, ties in with the Trump case as well, Buck. Because what we have is an anecdote and narrative-driven Justice Department in many parts of this country. And what I mean by that is it's not the facts. It's not the consistent application of justice, no matter who the person is. It's a design and then a search for a narrative to fulfill the design. And let me explain exactly what I mean by that. When Joe Biden comes out and says domestic extremism, right-wing terrorist, white supremacist are the biggest threat that exists in this country, he is grabbing his megaphone and yelling that to every prosecutor and every investigator anywhere in the country. And if you are told by your boss that this is the priority, you are going to go out and you are going to find evidence that supports the premise under which he's making the case, even if it is not justified by the raw data. And that's the case with Daniel Penny. I would submit to you that if this is a black guy putting da- uh, th- th- that is putting this guy in a chokehold, none of us ever hear about it. Not only does this story not result in charges, not one person listening to us right now even knows it happens. Because black-on-black violence almost never makes the news. The only reason this is a story and the only reason these are charges that were brought is because Daniel Penny's a white guy. Same thing happened with Donald Trump. The only reason Donald Trump is getting charged is because of his political background, right?
Now, you can argue, as we did, that Trump behaved in a reckless fashion to allow himself to be charged because they were going through everything he had done with a fine-tooth comb trying to find something to get him on. But that is what happens when narrative overtakes justice, Buck. There's a reason why Lady Justice is blind. Go look at the scales of justice. You should not be applying justice based on the identity of the accused. There, There is a, a huge incentive for the Democrat Party and the Democrat machinery to uh, constantly uh, create this this fear of of white racist violence all the time. The biggest threat to the country. Joe Biden went to a historically black, black college and said white nationalism or white supremacy is the biggest threat to America right now. That's the president of the United States saying that. What is this rooted in? Where is this actually happening? Well, as we know, it's actually quite rare that there is an incident of interracial violence where a, a white person is, you know, kills a, a black person in, in a criminal context. It's actually statistically quite rare. Most rate, most violent crime is within the same race. But if you're looking at interracial crime, as Elon Musk shared the data on this, it is disproportionately 10 to 1 black on white. That's statistics, FBI, you can look at that. The Democrat Party, remember when Elon shared that, they all, oh my gosh, he was sharing FBI.gov data. If we want to have a conversation about what's happening based on data, I think we should all be able to look at and discuss the data. No one denies that's the data. You know what they did, Clay? They started talking about intra-racial. Well, hold on. That wasn't the conversation. The conversation was interracial violence that Elon Musk was weighing in on. Okay. So in this case, though, I think why it's so important for Daniel, I mean, Daniel Penny, I think it's somewhat unusual for someone to make a statement like this when they're under indictment, they're facing a manslaughter. I would not advise it as an attorney. Yeah, but but he did it and it's out there. And here's what he wants everyone to know, though, because the media doesn't want people to know this. Jordan Neely was not just threatening to murder people. He was threatening to murder people, including black and brown people on that subway car, meaning this was about fellow human beings, right? This is about people of all different races. This is what he's saying. Also, one of the individuals who helped hold Jordan Neely down was a black guy. Yeah. So the narrative of racism here becomes really complicated. Uh, Daniel Penny steps in to stop a guy from threatening to kill people, including black and brown people. And the guy who helps him hold Jordan Neely down is a black guy. We're, we're, so so the, the racism narrative, you have to work really hard to try to find this as a racist incident, which is the whole basis for Bragg's prosecution here, and we all know it. Yeah, and Buck, the data actually reflects, and again, this goes to the data. This is the factual evidence. And I bet in the back of Daniel Neely's head, even if he doesn't acknowledge it, police are actually less likely to use violence against black defendants as a percentage of violent acts. It's a big Harvard study they did. They're like, yeah, why the, would the this left be hates the case? that and they try to undermine yeah. that study all the time now, but it was a big study, yes. Yeah, why would that be the case? It's because there are, I think, probably a lot of police listening to us right now that know that they're going to be held, if you're a white guy, to a different standard if you use violence against a black person. And you would be if you use violence against a white person. Because again, Buck, it's not only that Daniel Penny is getting charged because he's a white guy who choked a black guy. It's that if he had choked a white guy out, this wouldn't be a story either. Right? 
The only way this becomes a story is if a white guy does this to a black guy. Black guy does it to a black guy, nobody pays attention. In a, uh, in black on black violence happens so frequently the media never covers it. White crazy guy, Daniel Penny puts him in a chokehold and he dies. One billion percent buck. This never becomes a story either. The only reason, I would love to hear people who are in media try to justify this. Because, Buck, the the argument they would make is, well, systemic racism is such an ever-present reality that when we see acts like these, we must call them out and cover them. But to your point, it actually is a wildly outlier incident that isn't actually representative of danger that exists in New York City or any city in America. Black people, by and large, have almost nothing to fear from white people if you just look at it on a data basis. And by the way, almost none of us have anything at all to fear from police either. I always like to use this stat, Buck, because it blows people's minds. You know, if you're an unarmed person in America today, regardless of your race, but including if you're black, white, Asian, or Hispanic, you are more likely to be killed by a bee, wasp, or a hornet than you are by a police officer. Yeah. That blows people's minds. Unarmed, right? Because you're not then trying to to typically create any sort of uh, issue with a weapon. Would you ever be afraid to walk outside of your house because you were afraid that you were going to get stung by a bee and die? Of course I, not. We fear I, things that aren't real because of the media. I remember after Ferguson, Don Lemon, formerly of CNN, Said that, uh, and he was crying when he said this. That some nights when he goes home, he call he, when he goes home, he calls his mom just to let her know that he got home safe because he's so scared about police violence against him. Don Lemon said that. Yeah, who lives in a I don't know. I would just put it out there, probably a four or five million dollar apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I think he's okay walking home. I don't think the cops are coming for Don. But you know, but this is. This is what it is. It's, oh, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. It's so scary. The cops are a victim of the cops. Meanwhile, there are lunatics running around the city, stabbing people, raping people, doing crazy stuff. But it's the cops and it's white racism. That's the problem. That's what another good one here. Don Lemon connected in some ways. One of ESPN's highest paid announcers is a guy named Mark Jones. Uh, He's lost his mind. He's super racist. In the wake of the George Floyd incident, Buck, he went on social media and he said he would no longer accept a police escort on college campuses when he called a game because he didn't know when a police officer would decide to kill him. This is what I mean. I mean, this is this is a this is a, a, a maniacal, really like a faith based belief that people have bought into this cult like ideology of the threat of white racism killing them or the threat of police killing them. This is completely insane. Think about that, Buck. These guys, for people out there who are sports fans, you get a police escort so you don't have to sit in traffic, so you can go into the stadium and call the game, and then you get a police escort when you leave so you can get to the airport faster. He said he wouldn't. I don't know if he's accepting it or not. He said he wouldn't accept a police escort anymore because he was afraid that a police officer would kill him. What, in the press box while you're calling a game? When they're helping to dodge you through all the traffic so you can manage to get in and out of the stadium. I'm just out there. Clay and Buck, we'll take, we'll take police escorts anytime. Anytime you want to help us out, go for it. Anybody wants to give me a police escort anywhere at any time, I will gladly accept it. I want to talk to you about Mantis X for a moment. Mantis X is the name of a training tool every gun owner should know about, let alone be using. I've got one at home, and it's really effective. 
This is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. The Mantis X is a dry-fire practice system you can use safely in your home or wherever you safely train. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You turn it on and connect to the Mantis X app on your cell phone. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique. It guides you through drills and courses that help you improve your aim. You'll see your score go up within the first 20 minutes of using it, and it only gets better from there. Members of our U.S. military and special forces are using the Mantis X. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Truth-seeking. Reality-telling. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. It would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Um, you know, nobody has seemed to come up with an answer to the question we talked about at the end of the first hour, Buck, which is why would Trump keep these documents? And that, to me, there's no suggestion of motive at all in the indictment. And I would encourage all of you, even if you're, you know, uh, dyed-in-the-wool Trump people or you're dyed-in-the-wool supporting somebody else, you need to read the actual documents yourself as opposed to just letting people talk about it. Um, I always used to say, 
uh, the the best thing to do is go to the one of my contracts professors said, well, in any contract dispute, there are three important things. The contract, the contract, the contract. In the indictment, there are three important things. The indictment, the indictment, the indictment. What's outside of the indictment sometimes can be significant, however. And here, Buck, there's no suggestion of motive. And that's what comes back to me again and again is based on what is in what is in the indictment and based on even what we've heard from Trump himself, other than these were my documents, I could keep them, right? Which Trump has basically said, I could declassify them. I had the right to maintain possession of them. He hasn't actually put forward an argument for why he kept them. And I think that is a challenge, not necessarily on a legal front, because there are lots of different legal angles that you can attack, but just on a, okay, what is all this drama for? And on a risk analysis basis, when you know that they are coming after you with everything they've got, you don't want to make their case easier than you need to. And a lot of the details in this indictment buck are ham-handed and, frankly, reckless, and it actually allowed Trump to be a target. He made their job easier. And I wonder on some level whether we're going to get any explanation of why do these documents matter? Because he gave a lot of them back. And if he had just turned them over, nobody would have even known, Buck, right? I mean, if he had just turned them over in response to the first subpoena, this is not a story. It's vanished. And Trump is still the leading candidate to be the nominee in 24. You want to put it out there? Why don't we, why don't we yeah. you know, hey, anyone, I mean, anyone got an idea? Why, why do you think Trump, Clay saying Trump held on to them, and, and we're, we're asking the question, why? 800-282-2882. I mean, one of the big challenges I have, Clay, is I wish I could see these documents because I could look at them and know right away this is classified classified or this is malarkey classified. Yeah. And right now we're just taking, like, the Washington Post and the deep state's word for it. So... Anyway, when you find a product that works for you, you stick with it. We all know this, right? Well, that's how I feel about Relief Factor now, my friends. This product has helped millions of Americans by providing a drug-free solution to everyday pain. In my my case, it's the shoulders, soreness, and inflammation from exercise. I'm trying to fight against the dad bod, which means more time in the gym. But guess what? It also means sore, sore shoulders. Take Relief Factor three times a day like I do, though. The discomfort is gone. Feel the difference that I and hundreds of thousands have already experienced. Created by doctors, Relief Factor is made with just four all-natural ingredients. It treats aches and pains, including elbow, hip, knee, hand, back, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Relief Factor has been a sponsor and supporter of this show since day one. And before that, they were with Rush for years as a sponsor. Join the more than a million people who have purchased Relief Factor's Quick Start program. Order the three-week Quick Start for only nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Or call 800-4-RELIEF. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, as you all know, running for president uh, in second place. Polls still show him trailing considerably behind Donald Trump. But uh, Floridians certainly uh, are very fond of their governor as governor, doing a great job. Um, but he's spending a lot more time now than he had previously on the campaign trail. I thought this was a- an interesting moment. Um, he says, well, you may have seen in the headlines, they're changing the name of Fort Bragg, which for anybody from the special operations community in particular, but just in general on the uh, Army side, I mean, Fort Bragg is, you know, I mean, Clay, it's used as shorthand in movies and stuff. People are like, oh, man. That guy got his training at Fort Bragg, and everyone goes, ooh, because you know, that's where 
Uh, it's where special, you know, there's a lot of special operators come in out of, out of that base. And they're changing the name, I think, to Fort Liberty, uh, which is, you know, a thing that they're doing based on what exactly? Why are they doing this? And DeSantis has pledged to restore the name of Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Play it. I also look forward to, uh, as president, restoring the name of Fort Bragg to our great military base in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And thank the people that have served there. And they're proud of their service there. And it's an iconic name and an iconic base. And we're not going to let political correctness run amok in North Carolina. This is this is something that you and I've talked about before, and I think it's it's important to stay on this issue and, and and understand it's one that the left feels very strongly about because they understand the importance of it to the psychology and the cohesion of the country, and that is the destruction of our sense of, of our own history as a country and the ability to uh, celebrate aspects of historical individuals without necessarily endorsing everything. I mean, if you have to endorse everything that anyone did a couple of hundred years ago, I got news for you. Nobody was great on, you know, the transgenderism in the 18th century. Like no, nobody was, nobody was woke enough, right? I mean, and I know it's, it seems ridiculous, but it, it keeps, you know, the, the parameters keep expanding. Just over the weekend, they removed, uh, in Albany City Hall, Clay, they removed General Philip Schuyler from, there's a statue of Schuyler and that was removed. Uh, Schuyler was a revolutionary war. This is not Civil War stuff. Revolutionary war general. Also the, uh, father of Alexander Hamilton's wife, I, I believe, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, but some folks will recall that slavery wasn't abolished in New York until circa, it's not exact, I think what was it, 1820? Something like that, I think, that it was around then, 1820, 1823, maybe, in New York. But they're getting rid of a Revolutionary War general who was heroic during the Revolution, Clay, because he was a, I believe, on a, on a small scale, but he had owned or his family had owned slaves. And you sit here and you say, well, then what are we going to do with Washington, D.C.? What, what, what are we going to do with Jefferson? Like, What do we do with all of these historical figures? And then who are we allowed to celebrate? Who is a, who, or, or, or who even in history are we allowed to focus on that's acceptable? This is one where Trump was 100% right. And this is why I have always opposed tearing down statues, removing historical record as it pertains to anything in American history. Because it was never going to just stop with Confederate soldiers. Everybody remembers Charlottesville where they embedded the idea that Trump had called neo-Nazis very fine people. No, you go look at the transcript. What Trump said is there's many very fine people who believe that we should maintain statues to people like Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and Braxton Bragg, although the Civil War history nerd in me would point out that Bragg was among the worst Confederate generals, just uh, just FYI. Wow. So I'm just, wow. I, I, I mean, for the nerds, for the nerds Look out there this. who know what I'm talking about, Bragg was a very poor uh, Confederate general. So if you were going to... I mean, he did uh, get attack. one of the coolest bases named after him, so this is kind of ironic, isn't it? I mean, like Fort yeah. Bragg. Fort Bragg, as everyone knows who trains there, the unit trains there. 
I believe we're adding Chattanooga, Tennessee on August 1st as a new member of the Clay and Buck family. And I have spent a lot of time in Chattanooga. In fact, one of the big failures of Braxton Bragg, uh, Buck, and this is, again, I'm nerding out here, he did not uh, set up the Confederate battle line at the military crest surrounding Chattanooga. So if you go, like, if you're a real Civil War nerd and you ever go to, like, say, the Battle of Lookout Mountain, you will see that the Union troops under Grant were able to take those commanding heights that looked out over the Tennessee River because Bragg, who was supposedly this brilliant engineer, did not put the breastworks at the military crest and so left his line susceptible to being overrun and also was an awful manager and all these other different things. But but as soon as you set the precedent, and in my book that's coming out on August 8th, I write about this. You know, this is this is something that I think very few people are aware of. Do you know Martin Luther King used to do an advice column in Ebony Magazine, Buck? A lot of people are like... I would have no idea this ever happened. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, was an advice columnist in Ebony Magazine back in the day. And he took a question for that magazine from a individual who wrote in asking about the fact that he had attraction to men and he knew it was wrong. And Martin Luther King's uh, advice to him was, and this is in the late 1950s, I believe, Martin Luther King's advice to him was, being gay is a mental illness. You should go see a psychiatrist and get yourself fixed for that, right? So does that mean... That doesn't that sound very tear? woke to me. Doesn't sound very woke at all. Does that mean because Martin Luther King, by modern standards on uh, on homosexuality, was completely unacceptable, right? No political candidate could have that opinion right now and get elected to high office. In fact, if somebody came out and said that it would be a massive scandal especially during pride month of all times does that mean we should go have to take down the martin luther king jr memorial because his opinions on gay related issues in the 1950s and the 1960s are very different than what we believe now of course the answer is no but if you apply that standard of constantly judging the past history by our woke standards then we have to basically take down every statue and memorial that's ever existed. You have to rename the United States Capitol. And Yale Yale University has to change its name, which it will never do, because the entire value of that institution is in the name recognition, because Elihu Yale was a slave trader. Um, But the the point here is you have such a small... and, And, you know, I think we can all understand at some level, too, when you're celebrating... It'll make this a lot easier, right? Steve Jobs. It has nothing to do with slavery, obviously. Steve Jobs, amazing visionary and marketing guy for Apple, and we're all sitting around using Apple devices. Apparently not a nice guy at all. Not like a nice individual, right? Really kind of cutthroat and, and a lot. Anyway, I'm just bringing it up because what do we care about with regard to Steve Jobs? Apple and the building of the company and the products that we all use. You're not endorsing his treatment of, you know, everyone that he was friends with in his life or anything else. You know, same thing. We talked about this with artists. What are you celebrating when you say Van Gogh was a great painter? You're not saying Van Gogh is somebody who you should really look to for psychological stability advice. Like, that's probably a bad idea, right? So, or, you know, Picasso was somebody you should look to for the way that he treats women. He treated women horribly. Point being, if we can't separate out the greatness of an accomplishment that an individual achieved from, oh, everything this person did is amazing. Who's left? 
You know, I mean, Churchill was great. You know, Churchill was an alcoholic and had some really bad positions on different stuff. I hate to break it to people, but, you know, he was wrong on some stuff, too. So I'd also ask people to think about this. Many people in this social justice community are convinced that they would have been on the vanguard of let's just use Uh as an example, because we're talking about civil war. So you're telling me that you who have the opinion that every big business, every big entity in America has today, you are the opposite of a revolutionary, right? You are a follower. You are getting in line behind all the powerful people. You're telling me that if in 1861 you had been growing up in Georgia, you would have fought for the North? If you had been growing up in Mississippi in 1862, you would have fought for the North? No. Look, this is the part that like no one will actually go through. People fought almost exclusively for the state that they happened to be born in. They did what everybody else around them did. It takes real bravery to stand up to the masses, which is the opposite of what these mobs do today. Uh, the the you know airline attendants and school teachers who were you know screaming at at children to mask up and telling everybody that they were murdering grandma if they didn't do yeah they would have been the prison guards of the gulag everybody and that wasn't that long ago they yep. would have been the ones saying i don't care that you're innocent we're going to put you out to work and you're going to go die in the freezing cold siberian wasteland they're not heroes okay there's no nothing heroic about going along with what the mob demands which is also known as being a democrat just saying. It's well said. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, thank you. Do what I can. So, my friends, we have the most important thing to talk about right now is the economy. And how's your bank account doing? How's all that going? Inflation is unfortunately still really on the rise. With the current stock market volatility, how are your retirement accounts doing? The Phoenix Capital Group says the time to diversify your investments is right now. They're recommending high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middleman. There is Regulation D corporate bond offering, too, open to all accredited investors with terms as low as nine months and includes monthly or compounding interest options. To find out more, download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it. You should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, closing up uh, hour number two here. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast, download the iHeart uh, app, and you can listen to the show everywhere. You can also seek us out, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton, on pretty much any social media app out there, and you will be able to get hooked up there. Um, so a bunch of people want to weigh in on uh, some of these, uh, like, why did Trump keep the documents? We asked that question, Buck. Uh, but before we play that, um, I want to hit this. Last night at the Tony Awards, it doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is, just know that they are going to play nasty uh, with whoever the nominee is. Last night on the Tony Awards, which is the awards they give out for Broadway musicals and all that stuff, I can be honest with you and say I've never watched the Tony Awards. But one of the presenters came out and called uh, Ron DeSantis a grand dragon. This was airing last night. Listen. Earlier tonight, CMU and the Tony Awards presented the 2023 Excellence in Theater Education Award. And while I am certain that the current Grand Wizard, I'm sorry, excuse me, Governor of my home state of Florida, will be changing. <laughs> oh, you get it, Buck? Ron DeSantis, he's the head of the KKK, the Grand Wizard of the KKK. What with all of his things he's doing, like winning election by 19 points, allowing people to not wear masks, making everyone safer because crime is not very high at all. In fact, 50-year lows, I believe. Oh, he's like just like the Grand Wizard of the KKK. It's also so interesting because... You know, there's what people say and there's what people do, and you should always pay much more attention to what they do. Is there some huge outflow of people leaving Florida because it's so awful? No. In fact, the numbers show us that Florida received the largest in-state, you know, or into-the-state migration of any state in America over the last few years. Why is that? Because things in Florida have been going so well. We all know this. Uh, And as we've noted, Donald Trump used to be a New York City resident. He is now a Florida 
resident, as are all three. Of, I'm sorry. Well, he has more than three adult children. Uh, I don't know about the fourth one, but three of his adult children are also formerly New York residents, now Florida residents, because things are going really well in this state and people like zero income tax and they like cops being supported and they like regulation that makes sense and deregulation that's, you know, we're good on the whole list. What is the rate? What is racist? This is the, the question I think is so interesting. There's been some stuff about wokeness and LGBTQIA plus yep. in Disney. What is the racist thing that Ron is that, that they pushed back on teaching uh, CRT American history would probably in, in be what black they would point studies to. Uh, curriculum. And now they have a uh, they have approved the black studies curriculum. They're just not teaching CRT in it. And that now makes you a member of the KKK. It's just. It's so stupid, but you, you have to push back on this stuff because people believe what they hear, unfortunately. And the slanders, the people who slander, whether it's Governor DeSantis or any Republican for that matter, they feel justified no matter how much of a lie it is because they think that ultimately the person deserves it, even if it's a lie. I mean, yeah, and like, also look what Buck, they do to Trump. Oh, 100%. And we'll get some of your calls here momentarily. But if we had that Tony Awards woman who said the Grand, Dra- Grand Dragon comment, if we had her on... And we actually pushed her and said, okay, you know, what is Ron DeSantis doing that to you is worthy of analogizing him to a member of the KKK? She would crumble instantaneously because so many of these people, Buck, we talked about narrative over fact earlier. They buy into the narrative. They have no facts to support their narrative. Yeah. You know, uh, Clay, we've got a lot of VIP emails. I remind everyone, if you want to be a VIP, go to ClayNBuck.com. Please subscribe. You support us and the team and the work we do, and you also get an email address. You can write right into the team during the show. Um, we got a lot of people writing in on the why did Trump keep the documents, which I, I do think is I think it's an, an interesting question. I think Trump should address this himself uh, at some point. Uh, I mean, he will in court, but uh, you know, I think he might as well come out and tell people. Um, I know that he said that he just believes he had the right to have them. Okay, but when the government said, no, you don't, and it's being litigated, why why was it why was it so important for him to keep them it's just a question brad wrote in and said it is so obvious okay <laughs> he has documents that implicate the fbi and doj and russia russia collusion so in addition to him uh to trying to put him in jail he can't run or is hamstrung but he also has damning evidence that they can't let out there but here's my problem uh, with this because i've seen other people say this why didn't he just declassify and make it public yeah why not declassify the Russia docs and make it public? I talked to Trump in the Oval Office once about declassifying Russia documents. And I'm going to tell you, you guys know what he said? We're working through, there's a process, and you know we're taking into account sort of what the intelligence community says needs to be protected. But why not just release it? I, I'm, impor- I, I don't know. Impor- I'm- that's really important that, that, that you just said, Buck, because if your theory... And we had a couple of callers who want to say this is, oh, Trump's keeping the documents to protect him from the deep state or whatever you want to say. Okay, the best way to protect yourself is to release them and make them public. When he was president, he had absolute authority to declassify anything. You've talked about this before. Sometimes he would even tweet out a picture. As soon as the president makes something public, it's no longer declassified. He has that ability, right? So if you truly have this evidence that you believe clears you, you want it as widely distributed as possible. So that analogy, that argument to me does not add up. We'll talk more about it next. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 